The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This week we are going to talk about labor trafficking. I believe that that's an important subject that we need to talk about. There has been a couple of cases recently that has gotten my attention. Um, Those of you who follow us know that I normally work with sex trafficking. Uh, I... This organization is brought to you by Million Kids, M-I-L-L-I-O-N, millionkids.org. We're located in Southern California, and we report to the Riverside County Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force. I personally report to the Sheriff Department, Riverside County Sheriff Department. Uh, We just had an amazing, amazing symposium this week, and I'm recovering from that. But uh, one of the guests that we had speak there was Paul Chang, and he is the, um, I believe, director over human trafficking over a multi-state area for the U.S. Department of Labor. And uh, he and I had much dialogue about uh, human trafficking from labor trafficking standpoint. Not enough effort is being put out for that. Um, Lots and lots of effort is being put out for sex trafficking. Certainly it's easier in some ways to recognize. You have an older man with a younger girl. Uh, She doesn't look up. She maybe is um, illicitly dressed, that kind of thing. But it isn't that easy in labor trafficking to figure this out. Normally, the labor trafficking is focused on foreign national individuals. So that right in the beginning begins to kind of separate us from our willingness to get involved, let's put it that way. You know, we, all of us have a tendency to look at someone else of another nationality as someone different, especially if there's a language barrier and that kind of thing, and we kind of feel like we have no right to get in their business, and I, I'm probably the worst at that. I, I, uh, I figure people's business is their business and not my business kind of thing. Uh, so with that kind of factor that you have a foreign national involved, you say to yourself, well, how do you find labor trafficking? Well, there's a wide variety of labor trafficking, and there's a wide variety of perpetrators. And I think that that's another factor in the difficulty to locate it. So in this show, I'm going to take you through uh, multiple kinds of labor trafficking, how they worked, who the perpetrators were, why the particular victim was vulnerable. Now, this started for me because this week there was a case. uh, The headline is Man Sentenced for Labor Trafficking of a Minor in Palm Beach County. So this is a uh, Florida case. It involves a Guatemalan national. 
Uh, he is facing eight years in prison for labor trafficking of a 12-year-old boy. Now, this has to do with trafficking across the border, so I want to make something very clear before I go too far on this. There is a difference between labor trafficking, sex trafficking, and smuggling. Okay, in smuggling, what will happen and the way this is working, and and it's important to understand this in this discussion that's taking place across America about our border. Now, I'm not here to take a particular side on a particular uh, political side one way or the other. Uh, I have been saying this even when Obama was president, and uh, now we have Trump, and and even prior to that. But any time that you have this situation where people are trying to get into a country, and it's happening all over the world, uh, foreign nationals are trying to get to another country, either because they're refugees, uh, maybe they're poor in their country, but more likely it is because the level of corruption and financial uh, hardship taking place within their country. This, this particular one is Guatemala. In Guatemala, you're either going to belong to a gang or you're going to try to get out of there to get away from them and you come up here to the U.S. Uh, the problem with this is when that you take the side routes, and I'm not saying that that, you know, I understand that going directly and applying to the government and trying to get accepted will take years and years and years. I get what I'm saying. But what happens there, it creates an underground economy when you start paying coyotes. You see, to get away from the, from the gangs and the cartels and like that in Guatemala, El Salvador, all of those countries, what you do is you pay a coyote to get away. Coyotes are not members of the Chamber of Commerce, okay? So you're paying a gang member or a cartel member to get away from a gang member or cartel member. And what is happening as they come up here, they're being smuggled up and they pay a smuggling fee. At that point, it is not human trafficking. What happens is you pay your coyote money, you cross the border without documentation. It is breaking a federal law, regardless of all the political spin that is going on out there. And you are a vic- you are you are not a victim of human trafficking. You have been smuggled into the United States. So smuggling is a crime against a border. However, once you get here, if the coyote says to you, I need some additional money, you know, I need another $4,000 or I'm going to hurt your family back home or I'm going to hurt you, uh, that makes you a victim of human trafficking because that is coercion. That is a threat. What defines human trafficking normally is force, fraud, fear, and coercion. You are not free to go. They're threatening you, that kind of thing. So you pay your coyote money, he brings you up here, and he begins to threaten you, and he wants more money. What has been happening across the border from what we can see here is that that many people are being lured into these caravans. In fact, I did a whole show on this a while back where uh, one lady was saying that she actually got a WhatsApp. She lived down in Guatemala. She got a WhatsApp that told her to go to Facebook that people were organizing for this campaign. She did not have the money to pay to a coyote to leave there, but apparently they were offering her money if she would join the um, the um, caravan. 
the problem with that is once they got up here, they needed more money. And these people do not have it, and that is when they begin to get violated. And what is happening is that they actually will put a a uh, lien against their property or they will pledge their property down the home in order to be able to get their kids, especially up here in the United States. But when they get here, the coyote then wants more money and they don't have any way to pay it. And so the family back home loses their property. So everybody is being exploited by preying on these poor people. Uh, I found that interesting when I heard that, that they were actually using social media to solicit people who normally would not uh, even consider going because... In my opinion, the exploitation took place on their own prop, uh, in their own country, in their own environment, by luring in people who never had the money to come up here in the first place. They are absolutely going to be indebted to a coyote or some sort of organized crime. So what is happening in a couple of these cases is that uh, they're traveling with others. If they don't come themselves, they send their child up, and they're traveling with other people. So this case that is a man sentenced for labor trafficking of a minor in Palm Beach County, according to this, uh, what happened is the uh, perpetrator was a 35-year-old male by the name of Wafre Com. Pesco uh, Montejo previously pled guilty to providing and obtaining forced labor, alien smuggling, and unlawful transporting of aliens. So this is his business. This is not the first time. He's not just some poor person that, that they're preying on. He is preying on others. He obtained false uh, Guatemalan documents for a 12-year-old boy to pretend to be the boy was his son. He told the boy's mother he would provide the minor with an education upon arriving in the U.S. According to the DA, they crossed the Rio Grande in 2016 and were taken into U.S. Customs uh, where he told the officials the boy was his son. Now, of course, this is a lie. He's falsely representing this thing. Um, the two were released as a family unit, and they were they made their way to Florida. So this, you know, all of this hubbub that our kids are being kept in camps and like that. He's traveling with this boy, and he forced the boy to work on agriculture farms throughout Palm Beach County for more than six months to repay a debt of human struggling venture. The boy eventually was able to escape and reported it to the authorities. Now that is extremely rare. But he is an unaccompanied minor who's being abused in this case. Uh, in the end, the perpetrator received 96 months in prison, and he had to pay $34,000 in restitution to the minor. But the point I want to make is that this went from a case of smuggling to a case of labor trafficking, and not just labor trafficking, but labor trafficking of a minor. And this is not the first time that this is happening. So uh, we're going to talk about many different kinds of labor trafficking today. We're going to talk about a Beverly Hills Bakery. We're going to talk about the San Francisco Bay Bridge. Uh, we're going to talk about care homes and, and and probably even talk about ice cream, okay? There are many kinds of labor trafficking, but what I want you to see here is that this is a labor trafficking of a minor, an unaccompanied minor who came in, came in illegally under false pretenses, 
with someone. His family had made an agreement with him, but they had turned the boy into basically a slave working long, long hours in agriculture, not getting paid, not going to school, and being exploited. So that is one example. This is Opal Singleton. This uh, organization is Million Kids. I hope that you will follow us at millionkids.org. Uh, this show is brought to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. California time, and we cover many subjects. We're coming up against this break, folks, so I'm going to ask you to stay with us, and we're going to be right back. We're going to dive deep into labor trafficking in the next segment. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child's safe from predators. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit sin. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, 
chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. I hope this sounds better. We were doing the first session on my phone because we we're having some technical problems. And uh, it was slowing me down a little bit, but we're going to pick up speed now uh, that we're back on like normal. So thank you for your patience with us. We are talking about labor trafficking. And labor trafficking is a very difficult subject. First of all, it's boring to a lot of people. Second of all, it almost always involves foreign nationals. And so we have a tendency to think it's none of our business. We don't understand other cultures enough to get involved. We may not realize what is happening. Almost never will they report. And it just looks like regular employment. So, And there's often a language barrier. So we don't know. And, and I also think there's a cultural thing. You know, we've kind of been conditioned by our media to accept the fact that yeah, people are going to be here from other countries and they may be documented or undocumented, but it's none of our business and we don't know what to do about it. And so uh, it, when you when you accept that, for instance, I'm from California, we have, uh, without even taking a vote, our governor decided we were going to be a sanctuary state. And so it's kind of conditioned all of us to accept outside national people without even asking questions. In fact, it's uh, almost taboo to even ask or imply. The problem with that is that when you come in without documentation, you're much more vulnerable than everybody else because you probably paid someone to get here and they very likely could be taking advantage of you. But we don't know. We as American citizens who speak another language often don't know how to evaluate that. Uh, There's another case that's very similar to the case that I just told you that I wanted to share with you. And all these links are going to be on our uh, millionkids.org site. We also have another site for this show, and that is exploitedcrimes.com. Go to exploitedcrimes.com. Go to listen. Go all the way to the bottom. The latest shows will be there, including this one. And they'll all be identified by the subject matter so that you can listen to the ones you want. In this case, it has to do with Anna Angelica Pedro Juan. She's 22 from Guatemala. She recruited workers in Guatemala. So this is very common in the labor trafficking. An ethnicity will prey on its own. A nationality will prey on its own. And the reason for that is it's just easier to trust somebody from your own country. 
if someone came to me from Hungary and said, hey, you want to come to Hungary and work, I would, I would be skeptical. But if someone from the U.S. said, I can get you a dynamite job in Hungary, I would be more likely to trust them. And that is exactly how these work in these foreign countries. Uh, she was from Guatemala. She record, recruited kids, 14 to 15 years old, told the parents they could get them up here in the unaccompanied minor program. This is what I'm saying. When you break, when you have programs where it's okay to break the law, you create an underground economy, and that is what has happened in the smuggling business. She brought the kids up here. She falsely represented herself to our government, the U.S. government, to be a family friend. She trafficked and abused the victims and sent the money back to her people in Guatemala. Families had signed over the deeds to their homes in Guatemala to pay these smuggling fees. You see, one of the things that is not talked about is these people are being exploited before they ever get to our soil. And they're being exploited by their own people. They will go to these poor people and say, America has a policy now where you can get your child into an American a country into our country and get a free education, get Medicare, get all of these things. And so what happens is the families back home trust the smugglers and the smugglers take the deeds to their homes to get their kids up here. So it isn't just their kids that are being violated. It is also these people are losing their property back home when they are paying these fees because in an underground economy, there are no rules. And so you're paying these fees down there, but when you get up here, then they raise the fee, and they can do that. There are, like, no contracts where you can take them to court and say, these people lied to me. Basically, it's an underground economy, exactly as we said. What happened is they took these young men, there were several of them, and they took them off to an egg farm in Ohio. They crossed over in Texas, and they took them to uh, Ohio, and they put them on the Trium, T-R-I-L-L-I-U-M, Trium Egg Farm. They worked 12 hours a day. Now, they told these kids they were going to be able to go to school, they would get jobs, they would get a place to live, and they would be taken care of. Instead of that, they were put in old ratty, you know, ratso, honestly, bad, bad, old beat-up trailers. And also, some of them were kept in chicken coops. And all day long, they were forced to clean the chicken coops and cut the beaks off of chickens. They were killing and handling chickens all day long. And if they didn't do it, they threatened to kill their family back home. Many of these kids were physically abused, and they did not get paid. Some of them were only 14 years old. And so this is another case here of labor trafficking of a minor, and it's based on the fact that they had come in as unaccompanied minors under this program, and they thought they were going to get the American dream. But the same people who preyed on them back in their home country preyed on them on our soil and took them out to be labor traffic. This is very important to understand that you now have this trafficking taking place on our property, on our soil. 
And it has nothing to do with our U.S. government as because they are breaking all the rules of the U.S. government. And in this case, they're being violated by their own people on our property, on our soil. Now, there's one more case I want to talk about in relationship to this because um, it's an important thing to understand how all of this works. In these cases, this is a case of a 12-year-old boy out in Indio. He originally was down in Mexico. His mom had left him and took a bunch of the younger kids and moved up to Indio. She ended up marrying a guy. She had some kids with this guy. He had kids. She had kids. And they had kids. And this kid was down in Mexico, and he didn't get to come up here with them. He wanted to come up and be part of it, but mom didn't want him. I don't know how a 12-year-old boy gets across the border illegally and sneaks in and he comes out and he finds mom in Indio. I have no idea how that happened. He's a very smart young man. He got here, but mom did not want him. Rather than accepting him and putting him in school with her other children, she refused to accept him. She forced him to live in a shed on the back of the property. He never once ever set foot in that house. Uh, He had to shower with the garden hose. She got him a beat-up ice cream cart and told him to go sell ice cream every day. Someday she would beat him because he didn't sell enough ice cream, and we were told that there were days that he didn't get to eat anything because he didn't sell enough ice cream. And so what happened here is a neighbor realized that this young man ought to be in school. She didn't really understand how bad it was, but she knew that he never went to school. He just sold ice cream every day. She reported it, and fortunately, somebody saw this as more than child abuse. You see, I think that many times these cases get mixed up with other kinds of crime. And they think it's just a labor violation or, in this case, child abuse. But this woman realized what was happening and reported. Now, what was really cool about this is the task force, which happened to be the Riverside County Task Force in this case, recognized that this is labor trafficking of a minor. He had a quota. He had to uh, go out and sell. He wasn't allowed to go to school, so force, fraud, fear, and coercion. He wasn't allowed to keep the proceeds from what he did. That is labor trafficking. And fortunately, it was reported. Now, we did have a problem with the judge in this case because he was not yet educated on labor trafficking, but we fixed that. But my point here is that these are cases of Uh, young minors coming in without documentation, so they're extremely vulnerable. And they're here, and they want the American dream, so they're willing to try for it. But in these cases, they are being violated by members and people from their own country, of their own ethnicity, people that they trust, that violate them. They are depending on people in America to recognize this, report it, and help rescue them. And that is what has happened in these three cases. 
What we don't know is how many cases are out there that nobody recognizes and nobody is reporting. But now that you've heard this show, you're going to, right? Because you'll start to understand just how serious this is. This is total exploitation, exploitation of their family, exploitation of the child, and it is illegal. It is called labor trafficking. The way you report it is go to one eight eight eight. Three seven three seven eight 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 one eight 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 three seven three seven eight eight eight. This is Opal Singleton, Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are up against the break, and we'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators seduced the grooming of america's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in america three out of four victims are u.s citizens most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the internet sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo sometimes it's catastrophic Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. 
Hello, and welcome back to Explainer Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about all kinds of labor trafficking today. Now, I've been talking about minor trafficking with the unaccompanied minors, but I want to give you some other insights. My goal today is just to give you some cases so that it begins to look familiar for you. Uh, that's how we did it with sex trafficking 10 years ago. We began to see all the variations of this, and it's easier to spot. This case is the case of Rita Law out of Chicago, Illinois. She received 30 years in prison. Now, what is happening is is that she is running um, a sex uh, thing out of uh, massage parlors. Uh, she brought in, t- she, I believe she's... Uh, Hong Kong, yes, she's Chinese. Uh, she was running the Dunland, Dunland Spa in Lake Station and Gary, Indiana, and Fun Fun Feet in Hobart, Indiana. Now, in this case, she's bringing in girls from Asia. I believe they were from China. And they were told that if they did not perform labor and sex services demanded, they would suffer serious harm or physical restraint. So I found this one interesting because what is happening here is they are making a bridge, if you will, a legal bridge between sex and labor trafficking. And I have thought that this should happen a long time ago. My friend Paul Chang over at the U.S. Department of Labor and I have had that conversation because in many ways, uh, sex trafficking is labor trafficking. They are told that if they don't perform services in a certain way or make a certain amount of money, that they are, in fact, uh, going to be harmed. They're going to be exploited. And they threaten them with uh, harm, physical harm, and they will restrain them. They put them in motels. They're not free to go. So this is called the Rita Law case, R-I-T-A, Law, L-A-W case. Her last name was Law. And uh, I think it's an important case to understand. Now, I also want to talk about a Beverly Hills case because how hard are these to locate and find? Very difficult in many cases. This is the Beverly Hills La Amande French Baker. Uh, The owners brought in 12 workers from the Philippines on E2 visas, so they came in legally. They were forced to work long hours, sleep on the floor. They ended up collecting less than $3 a day. And this bakery was shut down, and they were forced to pay a $15 million fine. Now, the reason I want to point this out is several reasons. You know, it's one thing for us to assume that there might be trafficking on a chicken farm or out in the fields of uh, some agricultural area or into those undercover kinds of deals. But what you don't expect is to have labor trafficking in an upscale bakery in Beverly Hills. It was a Philippine uh, bakery. They have probably a lot of Philippine workers. All of the rest of us that are not Philippine would look at that and go, well, he's probably hiring his friends and relatives and think nothing of it. They were brought in legally. So what is happening here, though, in this bakery is they're not getting paid the full amount of money and they are being kept in difficult conditions. In other words, they slept on the floor and they worked very long hours. This is not just a labor violation. Most likely what is happening here 
is that uh, they're holding their visas and they're threatening their family back home. I ran into this on a personal level. I'll just share with you. My husband, when he was alive, had a cousin who was elderly. And he had, uh, it was a male cousin, and he had married a girl from the Philippines about 15 years before. This girl was a lovely girl, and uh, she waited on Ralph hand and foot. I mean, she really took good care of Ralph and and his old age, and the, the two of them had a great relationship, and we were fortunate to have her in our family. As Ralph got Alzheimer and uh, really was getting to a point where he couldn't function, and he was a pretty good-sized man, and she's a young, not young, but she's a smaller uh, Philippine lady, she needed help. So she put him in what we call a six-pack care home. This is a uh, private home run in a residential community. They get a license for handling up to six uh, older people or even people who are disabled. And they're not terribly highly regulated. And I believe that business is just fraught with all kinds of corruption, but it is nearly impossible to recognize. When Ralph was put in that care home, uh, my husband and I went down and visited them. And uh, it was just immaculate, clean as a whistle. You could eat off the floor. You, you couldn't ask for a better facility for an elderly person to be into. Uh, Elda came and went all day, but keep in mind she's also Philippine, and they're Philippine, and so they have a bond and uh, kind of a connection, which we honored, and, you know, you kind of have a way of feeling like an outsider uh, in some ways. At times, you would hear things like uh, the young man that was taking care of Ralph was sleeping on the floor next to Ralph, and you'd go, well, that's really nice because Ralph has Alzheimer, and he gets up in the middle of the night and wanders around. That way, this guy will keep good track of him. Uh, there were, I know, you would think I'd pick up on that, but I didn't. I absolutely did not. Uh, then they would have these big, big feasts and meals. Oh, my gosh, those people cook a lot of food <laughs> anyway. And so we'd try to get the staff there to eat with us, and they would not. No, no, they're busy. They can't. They're not hungry, whatever. And so I went in and out of there four times. This was down in Redondo Beach, California, and uh, never picked up that this was, in fact, labor trafficking. Now, I'm a trained expert. You would think that I would pick this up, but probably no different than the people that went in and out of this bakery that we're talking about in Beverly Hills. They all seemed like nice people. They all got along. Everything seemed hunky-dory. Nobody said a thing. Well, as Ralph was passing away, we began to hear differently. What was happening, first of all, what was interesting to me was these employees were so loyal to taking care of Ralph, and they knew that I worked for the sheriff. They knew that I was in human trafficking, but they would not report until right at the end as Ralph was dying because they didn't want Ralph to pay a price in his care. Now, how about that for being loyal and caring people? But what I did not understand is almost everyone in that home that worked there had paid an $8,000 fee in the Philippines to get a job in America as a nurse. Now, they're not nurses. They are simply aides in a private home at this point. Uh, Once they got there, the owner of the care home withheld their documents. They took all of their passports as a a key to their employment. 
what would happen is they weren't allowed to eat with us because they controlled the food that they were given because they were being charged for that food. And we find out why the the gentleman is sleeping on the floor next to Ralph is not because he's so dedicated, but that's the only place to sleep. But at the end of the day, what was happening is when it came time to be paid, instead of being paid hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for many hours of work over the month, they were being paid less than $60 a month. Because they were being charged to sleep on that floor, and they were being charged for every scrap of food they were fed. They were being charged for every shower they took. They were withholding their documents, and they were threatening their family back home, where many of them had put deeds on their house to be able to pay that $8,000 in order for them to get here. So those are labor trafficking things that are taking place right in your neighborhood, right before your eyes, in this case in the Philippine, from the Philippine community. And again, an ethnicity will prey on its own. So that is an example of labor trafficking. Labor trafficking happens when there's force, fraud, fear, or coercion, the same thing as sex, only it has to do with labor, but it is much more difficult to report, mainly uh, and see and spot and be able to identify, mainly because some of the, the exploitation starts at the recruiting process in their home country. So we don't have privy to that and see what is happening. And because you have, in this case, Philippine people hiring Philippine people, you assume that they're all one big happy family. And, you know, they're fearful of reporting because they're not only fearful of being hurt themselves, but also of compromising their family back home. Think about this. If there's a deed on their property and these people don't fulfill that pledge, their whole family back home is going to be homeless. And so that is the kind of thing where you see they're afraid to report. Plus, you know, there probably is something to the fact of, are we going to believe them? Is somebody going to do something about this? Because in order to deal with this, you have to get involved with the U.S. labor system, and they're afraid of being deported and losing everything. Their family back home loses, they lose, they lose the money they have, and on top of it, people could get hurt. And in order to process it, you have to go into the U.S. justice system and the Department of Labor. And so all of those things are fearful things. Forgive me, we are having an announcement here on my phone, apparently. All of those are factors in why they don't report. So I hope that this is helpful to you. I'm going to go into a couple of more cases. We're get, coming up against the break here. I want to go into a couple of cases of welders and also on care centers uh, as we begin to take a look and maybe even a nail salon. So stay with us. This is Opal Singleton. It is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Please follow us at millionkids.org. If you value this information and you want to support us financially, we would truly, truly appreciate it. All of these shows are very expensive to put out, and we really need all the support you can to be able to educate you. You can make that donation by going to millionkids.org. Just go to M-I-L-L-I-O-N millionkids.org and hit that donate button. We will be right back.
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hello, this is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Hey, let me tell you about my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. We are living at the most important time in all of history. In 2020, the entire world will be connected by Internet. That means our kids can access the entire world, but the entire world can access our kids, including pedophiles, predators, cartels, and organized crime. New technologies like encrypted messaging, vaporware, cryptocurrency, and the dark net means pedophiles all over the world can access, groom, and exploit our kids. Right now, over 9,000 kids a day are being blackmailed because they sent a naked photo. This book is for parents and educators and anyone who cares about kids. Go to www.millionkids.org and order Societal Shift today. It may be the most important thing you ever did to keep your child safe from predators. Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about labor trafficking. We have just talked about care home trafficking, uh, 
and uh, some of the unaccompanied minor trafficking cases that are here, the Trillium Chicken Farm uh, case. Now, and I want now to, and also the bakery case, okay, with uh, where uh, members of the Philippines community, where Filipino community was trafficked. I have one more of the Filipino community, and then I want to move on to a couple of others. In this case, it was Carlina Gamos. She's 67. And by the way, many of these labor trafficking are ran by women. That's kind of an interesting thing. She and three other family members operated an adult residential and child care center in South San Francisco. Now, that's very similar to the one that I just talked about in in Southern California. She was doing both adult residential and child care. She's charged with multiple counts of labor and human trafficking, according to the California Attorney's Office, uh, Attorney General Office. She operated four adult residential care centers, very similar to the one that I just uh, told you about with my relative, and two child care companies. And so that's real important to realize there's no limit. I mean, it doesn't have to be adult. It can be kids. There are four defendants, two men and two women. Uh, in this, they targeted the Filipino community. Most of them were brand new to the U.S. But what I want you to see here, but before I go on, uh, workers were forced to work 24 hours a day, sleep on the floors, in the garages, locked them outside in the rain. The employees could not leave, threatened to turn them over to immigration. They held their passports, but get this. They seized 14 illegal assault weapons, three ghost rifles, and a loaded pistol. This is very serious business, folks. What I am telling you here is just because it's labor trafficking, what I want you to do is pay attention, ask questions, see if it's possible, and then report it. But do not get involved. This is is serious business. People's lives are at stake here. So if you see this, again, I'm going to give it one more time after now. It's one 888 I want to give a couple more cases here. This one is in Charlotte, North Carolina. In this case, uh, Fuentes, uh, Zeril Ross Fuentes and his associates were charged with uh, sex trafficking of three minors. But there is a labor trafficking uh role that goes along with that. Excuse me, that's a sex trafficking case. But there is also a labor trafficking. These are, I believe, Vietnamese names. Uh, looking at that, Luong, L-U-O-N-G, was the owner of a nail salon. Now, nail salons are real hard to to prosecute for labor trafficking because what I went on some undercover stings with um, some people a long time ago, our task force, and they will claim that the girls are apprentices and the girls are afraid so they won't cooperate. Uh, what was happening here is that the nail salons were engaging in forced labor and financially benefiting from trafficking in persons. The victim in this case alleged that she was repeatedly physically assaulted by her employer and forced into a debt contract for $180,000. So this is called debt bondage, okay? They pay a fee to get over here, and then they charge them for everything they do once they're here. They will 
never get out of debt and they will never collect the payment for the work that they have done. There was another one very similar to this. It's a very famous case. It was the San Francisco Bay Bridge. And this was prosecuted through the uh, Equal Opportunity, or excuse me, Equal Employment uh, uh, Commission, EEOC. In this case, they were Thai men who came in as welders, and they were told that they would make a lot of money welding on the San Francisco Bay Bridge. Actually, a bunch of them were kind of sectioned off and put out in Thai restaurants down in, or excuse me, down in L.A. and Long Beach and that area. But the ones that were forced to work on the bridge were highly violated. They were given numbers instead of names. They uh, were taken out late at night and brought back in before daylight. They were kept in cages. They weren't paid, and their family back home was being threatened. Now, one of them got free, and they reported it, and they actually ended up suing the organization, and each of them got more than a million dollars thanks to the EEOC. So, Labor trafficking is a very real thing in our community. My goal today is just to open your eyes to how real it is and what to look for and the many kinds of ways that this can take uh, take place or can happen. If you think you're aware of a labor trafficking case, please call one 888 3737888. You can also write to me at opal, O P A L, at millionkids.org. That's opal, O P A L, at millionkids.org. And we will try to also help you get into it. Now, we are not 911. If somebody's being abused, you need to call your local 911 and make sure you take care of it. But labor trafficking t- can take place in construction, in warehouses, in sweat shops. It can take place in in massage parlors and uh, combined with sex trafficking. It can take place in care homes and bakeries. Uh, There's no end to the ways that labor trafficking can take place. Uh, It can take place as indentured servitude as they bring people in to take care of their children within their home. And uh, until those people can get free and come out and identify it, it's very hard to see it and report it. But we're going to ask you to, in the year 2020, start to pay attention because as the entire world is connected by Internet, more and more third world people will be accessible to receive offers to come to our country and get wonderful labor contracts. And once they're here, they end up getting violated. So let's all work together. Pay attention. Please, uh, uh, I'd ask you to share this show with anyone you know. Please report. And uh, if you want to contact me, you can do that at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. I want to just close out by saying thank you to each and every one of you that support this show financially and support the work of Million Kids. We help victims. We help victims transition into safe houses. We help victims that, that kids that are missing and Million Kids missing kids. We educate tens of thousands of people. Now I've educated more than 400,000 people eye to eye. So it is a huge undertaking and we are a small but mighty company. We are a 501c3 public benefit organization with a gold star rating. We are transparent. When you give us money, we make it work so that we can rescue kids from 
from slavery rescue adults that are being violated and uh, doing the work that is really so necessary to be able to keep, especially keep our kids safe from predators. Well, folks, I hope you have a great week. Please share this show with everyone you know. Write to me at Opal, O-P-A-L, at me and kids. You have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday morning. Have a fine week, folks. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.